Hey, how-to fam. Before we start the show, we have a favor to ask. I'm so excited about this. We are putting together a project on friendship, and we need your questions. What are your friendship conundrums? Need help finding friends? Is one of your friendships evolving or changing? Do you have an interesting issue surfacing with like a group of friends? I know you guys got those crazy group chat moments like I do. We want your questions. Seriously, send us a note at howto at slate.com or leave us a message at 646-495-4001. Hi, howto team. This is Yuzuha. A journalist reached out to you about my first time moderating a panel. I really enjoyed my first time being on stage and interacting with the guests and audiences. And actually, I got my second opportunity to moderate a different panel, and that's happening tomorrow, so I'm now preparing for it. I really appreciate Amanda and Magna's really wholehearted advice, and thank you so much for the whole team who made this happen. Thank you. Welcome to How To. I'm Carvel Wallace. I'm Courtney Martin. And I'm Amanda Ripley. Amanda, welcome back. For our newer listeners joining us, Amanda hosted this show for many, many episodes on her own and then was my co-host before stepping away from the mic earlier this year. So first of all, how's it going? It's going great. I miss you guys. It's really nice to be back here with you. What have you been working on in your how-to free time? I spent way too much time uh, down a rabbit hole uh, doing an update to my first book, I had to update it for the pandemic because it's about human behavior and disasters. I and um, I don't know if, if either of you have ever done this, but if you have to do a new version of a book you wrote 16 years ago, Ooh. I would advise against it. I mean, it's basically, yeah. it's like a different person wrote it and you're yeah. reading it and you're like, who is this person? Why is she so confident and <laughs> yeah. sure of herself? <laughs> yeah. I read my first book recently, which I wrote when I was 25 years old. And I, my dominant feeling was like, wow, girl, you have a lot of energy. Like, <laughs> like you were talking about like the confidence. Yeah. Like I was just like, wow. And I would never want to touch that book. Uh. I can only imagine how challenging that was. Right. <laughs> For this book, I was like rappelling down buildings with firefighters and <laughs> doing like flight attendant escaping from smoking planes. And I'm like, is that really necessary? It's, now you're like, let's meet at a coffee shop yeah. and have a conversation. That will be adventure enough yeah. for me now. I'm glad I didn't write my first book till I was older because it definitely is like the ramblings of an old and exhausted human. And I'm like, good. This will so it's sustain. timeless. This will be evergreen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So back to the show. So between the three of us, it turns out we've released like 50 episodes this year. So wow. that means we got to take on a bunch of problems and meet so many listeners. And it's a how-to tradition, one of my favorite, to gather at the end of the year to talk about our favorite episodes, what stuck with us. And mm. best of all, we get to hear some updates from the listeners who appeared on the show. This is literally like Christmas morning. Uh, so I'm <laughs> excited. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> it's so sweet. We do get attached to these yeah. these people um, and really care about them. So that part's so sweet. All of that will be coming up right after this quick break. Let's dive in here. Carvel, Amanda, you all have hosted much longer than I have. I'm dying to hear what your favorite episodes from this last year were. 
Well, it's hard to pick a favorite, but one of the ones that really stayed with me was How to Start Reading Books Again, mm. which Carvel hosted. And it left me with actually a change in my everyday routine, which I feel mm. like is really unusual, <laughs> at least for me, <laughs> um, where I now actually, instead of reading the news each morning, I spend 15, maybe 20 minutes reading a book um, mm. with my coffee before I get going. If I can, I can't always do it mm. right, but usually. And I feel like that episode kind of liberated me to think about doing this in small pieces. I think the thing I loved about that episode most, like you said, was it it really like allowed us to like acknowledge something that I think a lot of people, I hadn't heard acknowledged publicly. Like I always thought, yeah. oh, you're not reading a lot because you suck and you're <laughs> bad and your brain is you're broken. You're talking to yourself you here? Focus. Yeah, this is me talking okay. to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure. Yeah. No, no, no. This is absolutely me talking to myself. Yeah. And so yeah, I've always I had some you. shame yeah. around like the fact that like I don't have a reading life that matches either what other people might expect of me given my job or what I expect of myself. And I think it was really cool to like have a bunch of people come out of the woodwork and say, you know what? Me too. And yeah. so you realize, oh, what felt like an individual problem is actually a collective one. Um, and so, yeah, it, that episode did actually change a lot in my life. Yeah, that was such a relief, which is why I'm so grateful to um, listener Kate, who mm -hmm. she came to us and said she hadn't read a book in, I think, like seven years, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, to your point, a lot of people feel that, but it's like this secret shame. Uh, <laughs> so one of the, the best things the show can do is bring secret mm -hmm. shame to the surface so it loses yes. its power. And I love the idea of just like, read whatever you love, you know? Mm -hmm. And if a book doesn't grab you like it's not because you're terribly broken it's like that's that's not your book right it's like right. you know you deserve to read stuff that really lights you up and makes you want to stay yeah. ass in the chair reading my favorite episode carvel which is how to grieve an estranged parent for folks who listen to that one i just like man i found it so deep and mm. so searching and it felt like a real three-way conversation in this way that was like different than some of our episodes I feel like where yeah. they're sort of I mean obviously we had an expert but it sort of felt like everybody was the expert and everybody was mm. the seeker and it was like this very horizontal searching feeling to it that I just found so beautiful and even though I don't I you know I obviously have shit to work out with my parents but I have both of them are still in my life um I felt just that it there was so much in there about just how we heal um, ways in which we didn't get our needs met as kids along the way that could be on a spectrum of like traumatic to just, you know, not ideal. Right. Um, and, and also just how we seek love as grownups, like how we actually grow up and mature and mm. try for something different. Um, so I just feel like there's something in that episode for everybody mm. and certainly for me. Yeah. I thought that the horizontal nature of it had a lot to do with the expert with Patrick. I think he, he really like, I think that was his vision coming in is that this is a problem that we solve together. And like, we're going to, we're all going to share our knowledge around this and our struggles around it. And um, I thought he really set the table for that. I think those are the best episodes, right? Where everybody kind of has a mm -hmm. piece of the puzzle, which leads me to ask Carvel, what, what was your favorite episode? There's so many episodes I like, but I, I, the one that's, I think popped up for me when this question was asked was how to love your face, which we did way back. I think that might've been the first, first or second one that I, I was on. You know, anytime we have a listener who is 
like struggling with a form of self-acceptance, I always feel like there's just such a real powerful experience for all of us in that because by watching a person work through their stuff, we get to work through ours. And so we have that elated Mm -hmm. kind of feeling at the end of it. And I really felt that in this episode. It was just it was just so much fun. I mean, it's weird to say that about a serious episode, but it was a lot of fun because there was a lot of love in it. Yeah. And that was very tender. Yeah. And everybody I like this phrase, Courtney, horizontal. Like, I think that was another one where everybody played a role. Right. Yeah. And Sarah Rule, oh my gosh, yes. her work is just yeah. so gorgeous. So I was so excited we had her, and mm-hmm. the tenderness of that episode was yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. Mm. All right, should we talk about our favorite individual pieces of advice? Because, like, you know, we do so many of these conversations, and there's all these gems that we're always trying to pick out. You know, you probably hear us listeners saying, like, okay, here's the first lesson. You know, we're always trying to mm-hmm. sort of like mm-hmm. pin this stuff down. What are the things we've pinned down that have actually stuck with you? One thing that comes to mind is um, we did that episode on how to raise kids in a nation full of guns, which I think we were all oh, like yeah. kind of dreading. And it just sounded really just scary and hard and painful. And But I felt like by the by going into the dark thicket, right, we came out the other side a little clearer about our limitations, but also about what we can do. And there were a couple pieces of advice that stuck with me from that one. One was the thing you most dread talking to your kids about is probably the thing you're not talking to them enough about, right? Interestingly, I've heard a parallel piece of advice, which is a psychologist friend of mine. She said when she goes to her therapist, she tries to always talk about the things she most doesn't want to talk about. (laughs) Let me put that another way. (laughs) She tries to always talk about the things she least wants to talk to her therapist about. Um, So go to the heat. And um that's been really helpful. And the other piece of that, which we talked about that saying, give your fear a job in that episode. Um, it's better to do mm-hmm. something than to just worry. And mm-hmm. so recently, you know, crime has been up in DC where I live, like a bunch of cities, not all. And uh, it's gone down in a bunch of cities, but it hasn't gone down yet in DC, particularly homicides. And um, instead of just feeling uh, sad and distressed about that. I tried to think, mm. what job could I do? Right? There's a lot I can't do, mm. but there's this group called the DC Peace Team, and they do um, active bystander intervention trainings. So I went to one last weekend, and it was really, really helpful. Um, this particular one was on how to intervene when you think there might be mental health issues going on. Um, mm. And th- again, this feels this is a huge topic that you could spend a lifetime. <laughs> trying to sort out. But just having a couple ideas of how to think about it made it feel like 2% less overwhelming and just opened up some possibilities. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that one really stuck with me. What about you guys? I actually uh, have unfortunately had a very like recent application of all of this, which is... um, that my cat died last week. Um, 17 Mm. years Mm. I've had this cat, yeah. And I just kept thinking about our episode on how to say Mm. goodbye to a pet. (laughs) I mean, first of all, just the depth of that episode. That episode was pretty unusual in how it was structured for us. And it was like, it was just a very emotional episode. And I felt like it it just reminded me like, this is a big deal. Mm. Like when I was kind of, Mm during the week trying to get work done and trying Mm. to just be like, okay, Courtney, 
get, you know, get your shit together. You got to do this thing. You got to do that thing. Then I was like, wait, this is like, it's okay. I can make space for this. I can like, this is a mm -hmm. big deal. So, um, mm -hmm. the piece of advice that was mentioned in that episode that really stuck with me was just to really think about what you're asking of your pet. And mm. my cat basically had like 17 badass years. She was like an old lady who like, even at like year 16 was like trying to catch rats and put them on my, <laughs> my doormat as like, you know, a grandma cat. Um, and she was sick for a month, basically. She ended up with bone cancer in her face, um, which I didn't realize, of course, in the beginning, but I just knew something was off and she started like, just like crying a lot out of one eye and slowing down. And, um, mm. you know, I just sort of saw this happening. And I remember that episode, just like you have instincts about your mm. own pet and like what their life is like and what they would want their life to be like based on their kind of spirit and personality. Mm. And so I just had this like, absolute crystal clarity that she would not want to live like that and I didn't want to ask her to which was harder because my 10 year old daughter was devastated and was sort of like anything we can do to keep this cat alive I want to do which of course is an instinct I fully understand so I had to navigate you know talking with the family about it but ultimately you know I was very clear about it and I got to like walk with my cat in my arms to the vet two blocks away and sit with her while she died on my chest and I felt like so strengthened in all of that mm. by that thought of I'm not going to ask her to do more than she would want to do mm. and I'm right. going to like let her go out right. like in a way that dignifies her so that was really profound right. for me how's your daughter doing wow She's still crying a lot. I mean, this was just last week, yeah. so she's still mm. she's still working through it. Yeah. But um, she's I, it's been beautiful to watch her. I mean, she's not afraid to sob and ask like why and and do all the things that are not as easy for me to do yeah. because they've been kind of socialized out of me. My youngest daughter grieves very differently. She was immediately like planning the funeral and making like an <laughs> ofrenda outside of my other daughter's room. And uh, the morning the morning that I put Kima to sleep, she was cutting something out. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, it's a costume for her passing. She was like designing <laughs> a costume for her to wear. So she's clearly like putting her grief to work. That you know, girl, we're just talking about putting your fear to, to give work. give her sadness a job, that girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So and and my husband was just buying lots of donuts and <laughs> like also weeping. Um, so we all we all had our own ways of yeah. grieving. Mm. That's a big loss. Yeah. yeah, Carvel. What about you? What's an individual piece of advice that you've been carrying with you? I keep thinking a lot about the how to like navigate an adult autism diagnosis episode, and we had Lauren Ober as the expert in that and. Um, they said this thing that I it continues to just be in my head, which is like neurodivergence only becomes a problem when you're faced with a world that doesn't understand you. Hmm. But when you're living your everyday life, it's actually not a problem. And like my daughter is like currently wrapping up her first semester at school, but she's taking like a, like a disability studies course. And she's always like sharing like readings with the family chat or what have you. And at some point she like either put this in a quote or we read a quote or something that defined disability not about what your body can't do. It's about your relationship to your environment. Hmm. 
And in other words, like being in a wheelchair is not a disability, but being in a wheelchair in a place where everything is up the stairs is a disability. So it like it was like a subtle reframing that like really reminded me of Lauren's point here about like it's not about what your personal experience is. It's about how the world, how your personal experience like interacts with the world and the world interacts with you. And it's just been a subtle but profound shift because it's really made me think about not only my own experiences with neurodivergence, but also just how I deal with other people? Like, am I thinking about like, well, you're not behaving in the way that is aligned with everything we have set up, and so therefore something is off with you? Or am I thinking, wow, we have everything set up in a way that doesn't work for you. Therefore, something is off with us or with this situation or with this relationship. So it takes the onus off of the individual um, and, and the blame off the individual, and it's and it focuses more on the relational aspects of things. And I feel like I feel like that that quote really crystallized that for me in a way that I've been sitting with. Hmm. I love that. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, but stick around for more advice and some amazing updates. Don't go anywhere. I think it's time for the updates. How are our right. people? Well, the first one looks like it's from Rel, How to Love Your Face. Oh, perfect. Yeah, let's hear it. Hi, this is Rel. Wanted to give you an update on how I'm doing on accepting a congenital eye condition that I've always felt uh, brought me a lot of shame. Uh, I feel like the conversation, as well as just the sharing of the recording with my friends and family, has just brought me a lot of peace and acceptance. I actually feel it's also been generative and there's been a knock-on effect that I'm just more accepting about things generally about um, my body and my my approach just to being. So just wanted to express some deep gratitude for that conversation that's turned out to be really healing. So wanting to just uh, give my shout out to everybody considering doing this, that it's um, intimidating but could have a really healing effect on uh, what you're what you're grappling with. Oh, that's awesome. That makes me so happy. I th- I like it when a listener is like really at that inflection point where they're just really willing to confront whatever the difficult thing is and pretty much all the listeners we get are at that point that's why they write in, but it's just so powerful to hear someone be like I've been dealing with this my whole, my whole life and I want to I want to deal with it differently. Um yeah, I'm just so touched to hear that. Speaking of, maybe we should go to Kate. Hi, how to? This is Kate, the one who struggled to become a reader. I have been very much enjoying cozy mysteries that take place in locales I don't live in. Um, I'm also still struggling to read regularly. It very much depends on if I have a book I'm excited about. But a couple thoughts about what happened after the episode. The first is... So many people who I shared it with, people who I thought really had it solved, they were also struggling with reading. The librarians at the schools I worked at, the administrators, my mother. I mean, it was just, it was fascinating how many people's response to that was me too. People who I assumed were doing just fine. And it just reminded me that most of the time, if something's really hard or you're wrestling with it, if you say it out loud, other people will will say, oh yeah, I'm having that problem too. And that can just feel great. The second thing that 
that people said to me and that I have obviously been taking on is to let go of reading something important or highbrow or meaningful or epic and to just read what brings you pleasure because it's something you're doing purely for fun. Both of those are two big insights I took away from the episode. Nice. I love that like they were hearing from librarians saying this. Like that's like <laughs> that is yeah. like next yeah. level breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. And just like stop <laughs> pretending to be fancy. I know. I love like I, I feel like that's great <laughs> advice for so many episodes, so many problems. Yeah. So I love that. I think actually if I looked at like a unified theory of all these episodes, it's that you actually get to choose what you want to be fancy about as as it like pertains to your happiness and joy and that a lot of people are struggling with an external imposition of what they feel like they mm. should be ha like fancy about based on some external judgment that is that and so that they're out of alignment with oh, what I they like really that. want and that's where the suffering comes in but we get oh, to choose so yes you do like that is exactly right you do like improv psychology <laughs> carvel like that's a very <laughs> that is a very powerful niche skill um you can like take i'm taking you can take two things all right disorder disorder anyone got a disorder okay you okay what is it cats Sorry. fancy reading books alignment um i also like that you called it improv psychology instead of armchair psychology like i feel like that's fancy let's put him in a fancy carvel's in a fancy chair oh my God. given psychology. right for so sure funny. like a smoking jacket improv kind psychology. of situation it's the funniest thing i've ever heard in my life that's so good <laughs> and i'm thinking about that improv rule that you're supposed to say yes and like yes our and. experts are like blah 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 and carvel's like yes and <laughs> have you heard about repression yeah i got a lot to say about it <laughs> so good speaking of repression should we listen to how to deal with a difficult parent let's do it hello this is jay since having gone on the podcast i've actually talked to my dad on the phone a couple times this doesn't sound like a lot to some but my relationship with my dad was non-existent before um no calls no texting nothing um so having gone from essentially zero communication to some is is pretty good. The advice that really stuck with me since is acknowledging that my dad doesn't perhaps have the same tools that I do now. That has really given me a new light and a new way to approach my relationship with my dad rather than going in being like, oh, this is someone who's fully equipped, but choosing not to, I suppose, going in more like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm understanding where, where he's at. Um, so yeah, thank you to How To Gang is deeply, deeply appreciated. You know, this was another of my, actually it was like the question of favorite episodes. It was kind of a toss up, you know, between the one I said and this one, because I really did love this episode too. And I, I loved that it was, you know, we did one about how to have an, like how to be estranged from your parent, and this was a person who didn't want to be estranged from their parent. They wanted to figure out a way to, to deal with him, and I really liked that our our advice giver wasn't like, well, you just have to put up with it. It was like you actually get to set your terms and draw your boundaries, and that will allow more space for you to experience like a, a love, which will perhaps soften the relationship. And um, I don't know, I just I really love this episode. So it's like it's really great to hear from Jay. Their self-acceptance, which we've been talking about 
Um, there's also like, you know, the deep acceptance of what other people didn't get um, mm -hmm. and how that shapes their behavior. And that it feels beautiful that she's inching towards that while still taking care of herself. All right, let's move on to our last update. This message is from Sarah. She got advice about moving to a new country and actually made some real life friends because of our show. That's the best. Let's listen. Hi, this is Sarah. I had uh, originally sent in a question to how to after moving to Switzerland and really struggling with uh, the transition and trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life. So since the episode aired, um, I had the amazing opportunity for Nassim, who introduced me to someone who was amazing and was a wonderful person to talk to and gave me a lot of advice. And actually, a fellow listener reached out uh, following the show and we met up, we had coffee, and as well, she shared a lot of helpful information. So that was really incredible because I certainly didn't expect to actually meet people in real life from the podcast. I was just hoping to get some advice. So that was a, really a wonderful takeaway that that um, the podcast provided for me. And as far as um, the advice I would have maybe for someone else who's working through a similar situation is definitely patience, patience, patience. You can't expect if you've lived in one country your whole life to just pick up, move somewhere else where they speak a foreign language and have a different culture and expect just to set in on day one. So making contacts with people, putting yourself out there, even though that's always a challenge, but put yourself out there and really try to learn the language as well. Um, so that's some of my advice. And I really appreciate uh, how to and all of the experts and everyone that's reached out and has helped me since then. I love, I love that a listener, another listener reached out to Sarah. That's the cutest. Yeah, this is a whole, mm -hmm. I mean, there could be a whole kind of like dating app that spins off of how to, right? Like this is a whole <laughs> way for people to help people. I love that. I love the community building aspect of it. It's like, it's like, cause the resources are out there there. And like, I'd like that, that people might even come to the space of this show to, so you could find the people that have the thing that you're looking for. Um, you know, it's like if we work not to be cheesy, but it's like if we work together, we can accomplish much. Right. And it brings it into the real world, which I like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved the this episode had a real vulnerability to it or like reminded me that like when you move to a new place, you are vulnerable. Like you need people. You have yeah. to ask for mm -hmm. help. You have to be like, hey, mm -hmm. I don't know stuff mm -hmm. and I don't know people. Could you be my friend? Like that's such a intense yeah. position to be in. So it's made me think more about like being that person for other folks and, and that, you know, all of us will be that person at different moments because we inevitably yeah. have to be in uncomfortable new situations sometimes. So I love that Sarah took Nassim's, you know, advice to heart and was patient and vulnerable yeah. and it's so great. Yeah. And it, it reminds me, I mean, at bottom, this was an episode about how to make friends, right? And how to connect with people. And yeah. we've done, I think, three or four episodes in different forms on that question, because it is like the fundamental question of our time, right? How do we find <laughs> community and connection mm -hmm. and belonging in a time when we are living in very isolated ways counter to our entire evolution? <laughs> um, so mm -hmm. this was, you know, it's more extreme maybe when you move to another country, but it's the same problem that if we haven't had yet, we will have at some point in life. Yeah. So what do we want to see in 20 or not see? What do we want to listen to in 2024, y'all? Any any ideas for shows that you're dying to Yeah, what do we want to what do we want to solve, right? What are you guys gonna 
mm-hmm. you know, tackle some things. There's still some things out there that have been, that remain broken. <laughs> We've left a few problems. <laughs> Even our improv psychologists can't solve everything. <laughs> Only one man. We've left some for the mortals. Yeah. Courtney, what do you think? Any anything you're kind of like oh, craving man. to tackle in the new year? I'd be interested in us talking about sobriety. I'm kind of curious. Mm. I'm I'm uh, curious about alcohol and its role in our lives. I think there's a lot of people thinking about alcohol these days and trying to figure out what their relationship to it is. And so I'd be mm. curious about that. Um, That's a great idea. I feel like we've hinted at this with talking a lot about the book reading episode, but I do think uh, we're all confused about how to live in the world with our phones Mm -hmm. and uh so anything that helps me um you know continue Mm -hmm. to own a cell phone but not be an asshole with it and have it yeah not like (laughs) corrupt my my brain and my quality of thinking i'm into i'd love us to an episode about debt i feel like so many people Mm. right now are Mm -hmm. struggling with debt um, and even though we do have our own resident improv therapist, I do think an episode on how to find a therapist mm. would be great because I, I just think it's such a hard thing to figure out. And, you know, mm. I mean, sadly, part of the cliff notes would be like there aren't enough therapists and it's not affordable enough. Right. And so there's a bunch of structural uh, barriers there. But I do wonder if we might learn some things that despite the structural barriers that we could help our listeners do. Mm-hmm. Some of my yeah. ideas. We talked about this a little bit earlier, not on this show, but in, in meetings. I, I'd like to talk, like have a Gen Z listener talk about how hard it is to figure out what to do with your life in this mm-hmm. moment. When like the cost of living is what it is relative to income, so different than when I was 19 or 20. When the world, the future feels even more uncertain than it did when I was 19. So, like, I think a lot of Gen Z kids, and I know this because my own kid is going through this, but also just everyone he knows and everyone that both my kids knows are going through this question of, like, what do you do with your life right now? How do you how do you figure out what to do with Mm -hmm. your life? So I'd like to do an episode on that. We do a lot of money episodes, and we were talking earlier today about how we don't do a lot of episodes from the perspective of, like, truly not having enough money. Like, we do a lot of episodes about how to sort of navigate the money that you have, the what little money you have, and this. But I think as more and more people are finding that, like, quite literally the ends don't meet, it would be interesting to do an episode with that's financial advice or management navigation of that Mm -hmm. situation for folks. Um, those are two ideas. Right. Like if you have to take on debt, which kind of debt and how, and you know, like there's a lot to that to, to, that can make or break everything. Yeah. Like truly, truly living paycheck to paycheck, navigating that. And yeah. That makes sense. If any of these things resonate with you, call us, email Mm -hmm. us. We want to hear from you. Um, Mm -hmm. Gen Z hit us up. What does Gen Z (laughs) say? Is there any, is there any special (laughs) language Carvel that we should be using? We, we've already yeah, lost them. Just we that, cut that. Just that question, it's over. Maybe we have like an episode how to talk to Gen Z. <laughs> and not mess up the how, how to not be that that auntie who is yeah. really annoying trying to use lingo. Um, Amanda, what about you? Anything you I you know, you especially get to tell us because we you know, you get to like just walk into the sunset after we yeah, I mean, finish I think, this episode. But like yeah, give us the most impossible yeah, episode. What okay, 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 when do I sign us? I got it. You've got to figure this out and you have approximately mm, ten months. Uh how to stop electing narcissists. This is my no. question. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, how yeah. do we because first we have to figure out 
who's the biggest narcissist, right? Because pretty much if you're running for national politics, you're, you are on the narcissism spectrum, I assume, right? Okay, that's fine. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not always bad narcissism, right? And so mm-hmm. then it's like, well, how do we ask questions and assess candidates to figure out who is like, like malignant narcissist versus like, you know, functioning, high functioning narcissist. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think about this a lot. And so if you guys could just figure that out, that would be awesome. Cool, cool, cool. That. Super. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get right on <laughs> it. Got it. We will solve America. We'll be we'll be right back after these messages. Um, all right. So I, I want to thank you guys both for being here. Obviously, thanks go all around. I love this team. I love this year of advice, and I can't wait to do more with you guys. Mm. Yeah, I just want to say thanks again to Amanda for passing such a beautiful opportunity on to mm. me and Carvel. I love doing this work with you and to our whole production team who listeners don't get to see but um, or hear from very often, but they are wonderful and you know they're what make this whole thing actually yeah. sound amazing and and work. Yeah, well, thank you for letting yeah. me come back and crash the party. And yeah, I just want to second that that people <laughs> have one of the things I learned, which I did not know, is just how much work goes into a produced edited podcast like this so rosemary yeah. belson is our hero she does a huge amount mm-hmm. of work to make sure we are using your time wisely listeners and i will just point out yes. that many podcasts do not do that <laughs> they just give you Burn. the entire edited <laughs> unedited just you know mess just hot mess in your ears and we do not do that so or i should say Rosie does not let that happen. Um, So anyway, thank you all. Have a wonderful, restful holiday. And thank you to all of the listeners out there. It's fun to be part of that tribe for a while. And um, good to see you both. Yeah, and of course the listeners are like the the main people we have to thank because without them there's no us. And so if you are a listener and you've been sitting here listening to our ideas for next year and you're like, that's idiotic. <laughs> what about blah blah blah? Why don't you give us a call or send us a note at howtoitslate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001 and tell us about blah 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 and we might have you on the show. And if you like what you heard today, Please give a rating and a review and tell a friend because that helps us help more people. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Joel Meyer is our senior editor. The show is produced by Rosemary Belson with Kevin Bendis. Merritt Jacob is senior technical director. Charles Duhigg created the show. Thank you so much, Charles. Um, for Amanda Ripley and Carvel Wallace, I'm Courtney Martin. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.